1: Greetings, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie, your host, and today our discussion will be reflecting upon the divine mercy and what a beautiful message we have to share about divine mercy. Archbishop, as we get started today, would you please guide us in prayer?
2: Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you have revealed to us your heart of mercy through your son, Jesus, who came into the world to reveal that mercy to us through his passion, death, and resurrection. Lord, you are the source and the fount of all mercy. We ask that you pour out your mercy upon us and upon the whole world to bring about the conversion of sinners, to sanctify the world, and to help us all to walk peacefully in your ways. So we place this radio time in your hands, asking you especially to touch the hearts and the minds of our listeners, that they too will come to know the depths of your mercy. In all of this we ask through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom.
1: Pray for us. In
2: the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. A beautiful part of our Easter celebration, Archbishop, as you know, is that second Sunday of Easter, the culmination of the octave, which thanks to Saint, Pope, John, Paul, <laughs> the second, uh, the great, we'll say, reminded us of the Feast of Divine Mercy. Yes. Let's just open up, I guess, a little bit about this message of Divine Mercy. Who is Divine Mercy? Uh, we can look at mercy in so many different ways.
2: Well, mercy... Um Mercy is the heart of God. Yeah, really. It, it it we can say that 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 God is perfect mercy. Uh, his whole orientation toward us, his children, is an attitude of mercy. And this is, you know, this isn't just something that is new in mm-hmm. the Christian dispensation, if you will. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, sometimes we have this false uh, uh, dichotomy or contrast between. God, as he is presented in the Old Testament, and God, as he was revealed in the New Testament in Christ, it's the same God. Uh, God didn't change. Uh, and that, that's something that, that uh, philosophically and theologically people need to understand. God doesn't change. God is immutable. You know, God is perfect. Is perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is perfection. He is perfection. There is no, there is no need in God. There is no, nothing lacking in God. And, and so God cannot change. He is immutable. He is eternal. He is fullness. So there isn't, there isn't a different God in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. There's an ongoing revelation of who this God is as he chooses to reveal himself to us in greater depth and in new dimensions, certainly. But God is, there's a lot of instances of the mercy of God in, in the Old Covenant you know, in in his dealings with Abraham and his dealings with Moses and the people in the desert. I mean, you know, all the times that Moses intercedes uh, with God on behalf of the people, asking for his mercy and his, to for him to relent in his punishment, uh, and God responds in mercy. so so many instances, I, I, we, we needn't go into into all of them, but uh, so you know, God in the Psalms is also revealed as a heart of mercy. The beautiful 51st Psalm of, of David, you know, have mercy on me, O God, in your kindness and the greatness of your compassion, blot out my offense. You know, the revelation of God and his heart of mercy is, it, it re- reaches a climax, is, is, is culminates in the revelation of the Son of God, Jesus, who is God in the flesh. God comes to reveal to us his mercy in a very personal way by becoming incarnate, by becoming uh, fully human. And, and walking among us, and especially as our opening prayer said, in through his passion, death, and resurrection, uh, Jesus has reconciled us to the Father, to his merciful heart. So uh, mercy is, is, is really, I, we, I think it's fair to say, and I'm, I'm not a theologian, and I could maybe be corrected on this. I, I, I would almost say that, as I said, that mercy is the orientation of God towards us, his people, uh, it, is, it is an attitude, it is an orientation, it is a relationship of mercy for us. As he intercedes, as he comes to our rescue, you know, we, we keep talking about the whole kerygma, the good news uh, that God so loved the world, he gave his only son so whoever believes in him would not die, would not have eternal death, but live if, live forever. Well, you know, this is this whole kerygma, the whole good news that we were created in, in love and goodness and for love. We were captured by the enemy, Satan, in our own sin, but we've been rescued in Christ. God has come; God Himself has come to our rescue, because we can't save ourselves. Nothing can fix uh, what's broken in the world in our relationship with God except God Himself, and He does so. He intercedes; He intervenes in our in our in our world to reconcile us. So it's Jesus is the perfect. Revelation, really, of of, of the heart uh, of mercy, which is God.
1: As we read the Gospels, and particularly throughout the Lenten season and the build-up through Holy Week, we hear Jesus revealing messages of mercy. He is mercy in the woman who is accused of adultery. But maybe just reflect how Jesus, and we learn about how merciful God is through his son. And he's trying to get this across to the Jews, to the people of the time that I am mercy.
2: Yes, I think that um, it's, it's extremely important that we understand Jesus' mission as being a mission of mercy. You know, I, we could say that, you know, Jesus comes into the world and he's on a mission of mercy. Um, and he reveals this to us so powerfully in the Gospels, both in his own actions, in his words, in his relationship with, with so many people in the Gospel, but also uh, in, in the parables uh, that, that, he, that he tells us. It's all about revealing to us God's mercy. The problem is, in our world today, I, I don't think— Everyone understands that they need his mercy, that we need god's mercy. I think we've we've lost a certain sense of of the need for god's mercy. I mean what you know what do we need Jesus for? What do we need the church for? Uh, what do we need the Sacrament of Penance for? You know it's all about mercy, and uh, we are sinners. We are alienated from god we 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 were alienated from God in that original sin of our first parents. We've been reconciled in Christ, and it is through our baptism that we are incorporated into Christ, into the church, and we are washed clean, and and that we participate, if you will, through our baptism in the Paschal mystery of Christ, his death and resurrection, which conquered sin and death and brought about forgiveness of our sins. But I I think sometimes we we don't understand just how desperate we are in need of God's mercy. And the world needs God's mercy. I mean, the world is so messed up in so many ways. And, you know, it's because we, we've, we've lost that need uh, so present among us, so conscious among us of, of God's mercy. We've sort of alienated and relegated God to the, to the uh, peripheries of, of life and culture and society. And uh, is it any wonder that the world is, is in such a, a mess these days we need to turn back to God's mercy but in the gospel's Jesus you know we have that beautiful gospel during lent uh, if your parish used it this year on on the fifth sunday of lent unless you were using the RCIA readings of of the woman caught in adultery it's a powerful expression of God's mercy and what i think people miss in this is this is a radical teaching on the part of Jesus this woman i mean it's it's let's it's, it must be a little bit delicate, but it's, it's rather indelicate the way it's put in the gospel. She was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Okay, we don't need to use our imaginations to imagine what, what happened here. She was caught in the act of adult committing adultery, and she's dragged out before her neighbors, her friends, uh, in front of Jesus, and that she has been caught, there's no doubt. The law says she must be stoned. She is condemned. And the radical teaching there is Jesus forgiving her. And that's radical in this time. In other words, according to the law, this woman is done. She's finished. She messed up royally. She has sinned grievously. There is no hope for her, no second chance. She's done. She's stoned. She's dead. But Jesus intervenes. Has no one condemned you? He says, you know, let the one among you without sin be the first to cast a stone at her. Of course, they all walk away and he's left alone with her. And he says, has no one condemned you? No, sir. No one. Neither do I condemn you. Go, but do not sin again. In other words, it's not a free ticket, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's something important to know about God's mercy too. It's not a free ticket. To to you know and in, in fall into the sin of presumption that well you know God's always going to forgive, he doesn't matter, he doesn 't really care you know what I do. no, he deeply cares. He mm-hmm. tells the woman not to do this anymore um, but but the mercy is extended to her. This woman is given a second chance. This woman is given hope. this woman is released from the guilt of her sin she she's, she gets to start over. She gets to be a new creation. This is radical in in Jesus' time. We take it for granted perhaps mm-hmm. today, but in Jesus' time, that's that's why this gospel is so striking is because this is a radical new teaching. You know, we see Jesus so often in the gospels, you know, uh, the, the, the scene of, of the man who's lowered to him at his feet through the roof of the house. You know, it's obviously, well, obvious what this man needs and wants. He wants to be healed and he's, he's crippled. But Jesus doesn't say to him, you know, at first, he doesn't say pick up your mat and and go home. He says, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) You know, the man needs a physical healing, but Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. Mercy. Mm -hmm. And when he's challenged on that, well, who alone but God can forgive sins? Then Jesus says, so you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He says to the man, get up your mat, walk, go home. We have the, the parable, the most, probably one of the most powerful parables in the whole of the gospels of the of the prodigal son which many would like to rename the parable of the merciful father you know and what does this reveal to us about god's mercy you know the son who basically i mean it's 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 pretty horrible what he does he says to his father give me my share of the inheritance now which is the equivalent of saying i'd rather you be dead father I'd rather you be dead so that I can have my inheritance. So give it to me now. I mean a horrible thing. And of course the son goes off and goes through all of his inheritance and dissolute living and with prostitutes and I mean it's a it's a ugly scene. And when he finally at the bottom, when he hits bottom, rock bottom, and he decides to go back to his father, he's got the little speech prepared, you know, father. Uh, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your servants. You know, just give me work, give me food, give me a place to sleep. But the father won't, and the interesting thing, isn't it? I I always point this out. It says that while the son was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and rushed out to meet him. What do we learn in that Mm -hmm. detail? We learned that the father always had one eye on the road, even though his son had horribly offended him and gone off and lived in a horrible state of sin. His father always had an eye on the road waiting for his return. What a beautiful image of how God looks at us, that when we sin, when we wander, God does not abandon us. God does not uh, stop loving us. He, there's always, he always has an eye on the road for us to come home. And and when we do, uh, he goes out. The father runs out to the son. In other words, the son makes the first movement to come back to the father, and the father immediately responds by running out to him, embracing him, and won't let him even do his little speech. Mm-hmm. You know, he starts the speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. He won't even hear it. Put a robe on him. Put a ring on his finger. Kill the fatted calf. We're gonna have a party because my son who was dead has come back to life this is what jesus came for brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to bring us this great gift of mercy
1: and that's such the message of hope the message of encountering truth there was a shift as you mentioned he turned the the, the sun turned there was a conscience that was pricked wait a minute I, I i've been going the wrong way that's what jesus is inviting us to turn back to him we might not always get it right but if we turn our hearts and I think Archbishop for those who are praying for an end to war all of the violence violence within our own homes uh, domestic violence that we know happens within Terrible. our homes Terrible. there's so much suffering and yet we do know as believers Jesus is divine mercy there is hope and even the most hardened heart of a sinner we do need to trust that and pray for it
2: Yes, the the uh, yes, there's so much suffering in the world today, and, and, and so much of the suffering in the world is a result of sin, um, the sins of one against another. Uh, this is this is this is the this is the horror of really of the human condition, you know, tainted by original sin, and the effects of original sin are still with us. And it's into those situations that Jesus wants to enter, with His mercy. As we said in a recent program, we can, we can bemoan and, and 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 regret all of the sins in the world and the horrors that are happening, wars, uh, persecutions, all of that. Um, but it, 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 sin is rooted in each human heart, and the only way to change the world is to change me. Uh, you know, and, and I think people need to really wake up to this. I I have to wake up to it myself more and more, that I can't. Look, uh, I don't. We're taping this, you know, earlier, and I don't know where we're going to be at. Let's say in the war in Ukraine by the time this program, uh, you know, broadcasts. Uh, but I can't do anything about the war in Ukraine. I can pray and I can sacrifice certainly, and I can contribute to relief aid for those who are suffering. But in terms of turning back the hand of the aggressor, bringing peace in the Ukraine, I, I'm powerless. But what I'm not powerless to do is change me. And all the evils in the world, all the ills of our world uh, start with with our own actions. And we need to be converted ourselves. We need to turn back to God uh, and seek his mercy in our own life, in our families, to be the reconciler in the family, to bring healing to our family. There, there are so many wounded people out there, uh, wounded by... Others, uh, wounded by our own sin, and, and as I said, by the sins of others, who carry these deep, deep hurts. And then we act out of those hurts. We, we, we believe lies about ourselves, uh, and, and we, we make vows that end up doing even greater harm. We need to be healed at the deepest, deepest level, the deepest level. And only Jesus can bring about that transformation and healing Deep in our souls, deep in our minds, deep in our, in our very being, uh, and from those wounds that, that we carry. Uh, you know, Jesus, you know, himself said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come uh, to heal the sick, you know, uh, elsewhere. He says, you know, the, the, uh, I don't, I haven't come to call the self-righteous, but sinners, I'm happy as an archbishop of the church, I'm happy to be one of those who needs the divine physician. I'm happy to acknowledge and say, I am wounded. I am wounded in my, in my very being by my own sin, but also by the sins of others. Uh, and I need to be healed of that. And only Jesus can bring about that healing. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm sick and I need Jesus to heal me. And he's healed me in so many ways. I can't even begin to describe it, but there's more work that he needs to do Mm -hmm. in me. And I'm, I'm willing to submit to that work and and allow him to continue to help me in my own spiritual growth and journey and healing. I'm, I'm not happy about my sin. Certainly I'm, I'm horrified by my sin, but I'm, I'm okay with saying I'm a sinner and thank you, Jesus, because you didn't come for the righteous you came for sinners you came for me uh, and i think people we need to trust in god's mercy trust it with all your being all your heart don't let any burden of sin and guilt that you're carrying don't let the enemy keep you imprisoned in that that's that's the work of our enemy satan he despises what jesus has done in the crucifixion and his resurrection cuz he's been defeated You know, I love that. Uh, I probably referenced this many times, maybe in past radio programs, but that scene, you know, from the Passion of the Christ when when Jesus finally dies on the cross and the scene switches after the beautiful, kind of the teardrop from heaven from the Father and the rain comes. There's a switch to the scene in hell where Satan is in torment and agony Mm -hmm. and screaming. Why? Because just when he thought he had won by having Christ killed, he realizes through that death he has been defeated, and he he screams in realization and agony of that. Brothers and sisters, Satan wants to keep you imprisoned, bound in your sin, in guilt, in shame. Shame uh, only fuels uh, fuels the sin. Shame, shame. When we hold on to it, just only fuels the sin and the addictions. We need to be. We need to be reconciled. We need to be healed. Uh, we need to to let Jesus come in and and heal us. That's what he came for. That's really the whole message of Divine Mercy, you know. And as we celebrate this Divine Mercy Sunday that that you began referencing, of course, uh, Dina Marie, the second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday, by the great uh, uh, work of Saint John Paul II, who had a great and profound. Devotion to Divine Mercy through the revelations Jesus gave to St. Faustina Kowalska. Why is this the perfect Sunday for Divine Mercy Sunday? Because the gospel every year, no matter what cycle we're in ABC of the lectionary, every year the gospel is the same. It's Jesus appearing to the apostles on the night of the resurrection, the very night of the resurrection. It's the first thing he does is give to the church the power to forgive sin. He comes to them. They're scared. They've betrayed him. They've abandoned him. And here he is. And I'm sure they're afraid. It's like, oh, <laughs> we're in for it now. We ran away. But Jesus simply reassures them, peace be with you. And then he shows him his hands and his feet. It's really me. I'm alive. And then he says it again. Peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so now I send you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, the Father has sent me on a mission of mercy. The Father has sent me to reconcile sinners. The Father has sent me to pay the price for your sins. Now I'm sending you to minister this mercy to others by giving you, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to forgive sins to the church, to the church's sacred pastors. I mean... What an incredible gift.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's this correlation between sin and you were saying, and Pope Francis said it himself, I am a sinner. We all are sinners. And God's great mercy, his divine. It's not just a great mercy. No. It is it is divine. We can't fathom we can we can understand the mercy of a mother to a child. We experience that in our homes, we pray most of us do, but a divine mercy? Mm. That's incredible
2: it's 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 the perfection of mercy yeah. uh, a, a mercy motivated by nothing other than pure love you know God's mercy is 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 purely unmotivated and you can't motivate god uh, it's purely unmotivated by anything other than he is pure love uh, and in being pure love he pours out his love upon us in in that great gift of mercy and it is, you know, and I love that when, when it was, I think, within days of Pope Francis being uh, mm-hmm. elected. Uh, in an interview, somebody said, "Who?" of course, his, his name before taking the name of Francis was Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio. And uh, the, I remember the question, the question is, who is mm-hmm. Jorge Bergoglio? And the, the way it was described is the Pope paused and he says, I don't remember the exact words, but he says, "I am a sinner who has experienced the mercy of God." It was something, something to the that effect. In other words, I'm a sinner, but I have, I have been forgiven. I have received the love and the mercy of God uh, because I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, yes, it's, 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 it's just the heart. It's the heart of our faith. It really is the the, the the revelations of divine mercy and what we celebrate on Divine Mercy Sunday uh, and this whole, when we read the Gospels, when we look at the words, the actions of Jesus, the stories, the parables, uh, his, his relations with people, and then ultimately what he does on the cross and in the resurrection, This is this is the heart of the Christian message, is mercy. The problem is, I think so many in the world have lost that sense, as I said earlier, of the need for this mercy. You know, I don't need, I don't need God. I don't need mercy. You know, my life's complete. I'm doing pretty well. But, you know, when we open up the questions of the divine horizons, the eternal horizons, you know, where's my life headed? What is the meaning and purpose of my life? Where, what's going to happen to me after I die? What's going to happen to me after I die? Uh, I don't think enough people are asking that question. Sadly, some have come to a conclusion about that question. Nothing. I'm dead. I'm gone. I'm over. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I, I no longer exist. Where we know through revelation, no, we do continue to exist. We cannot not exist because uh, we have an immortal soul, an eternal soul now, or, or an eternal but immortal. We can't die. Our soul will always be our eternal destiny is what our whole life really is oriented toward. And that's why God in his mercy reaches out to us to make sure that we have every opportunity to spend that eternity with him in the peace and the joy of heaven.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's continue to pray that prayer. Jesus, I trust in you, which you will see on every divine mercy image. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Archbishop, would you please help us close with your blessing? Yes.
2: And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is the Mother of Mercy Incarnate, may Almighty God bless you, all the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.